We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken. And on tonight's episode, I will be reviewing uh, Marvel's latest movie, Black Panther 2, or Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever is the second movie. It's the sequel to Black Panther, which came out in 2018. And it just came out tonight. Uh, I say tonight, it's uh, technically almost 3... It's 3.24 as at the moment I'm recording this episode. I meant to record it earlier tonight, but uh, I fell asleep and... I wanted to go ahead and get get the get this recorded. So when I woke up, I just I woke up a few minutes ago. I'm like, well, actually about an hour ago. I, I was just trying to get woke up enough to do the podcast. So I was like, you know what? I'm before I go back to sleep, I'm just gonna go ahead and record it and get it over with, <laughs> instead of waiting until tomorrow, or wait, you know, waiting until I wake up, uh, like in six hours, six seven hours. Um. So yeah. Uh. So yeah, sorry, I, I would have posted this earlier uh, last night, or earlier this night, um, earlier tonight, yeah, I'll just say that. I would have posted this earlier tonight, but I, I once again, I fell asleep in my chair, and uh, just uh, watching TV and, you know, shit like that. So anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, this movie just came out tonight, and uh, it is the latest film in the MCU, like I said, it's the sequel to 2018's Black Panther, and it is the 30th film in the MCU, the big uh, 3-0. It's uh, quite a lot of films under the MCU's belt, and that's also not counting all the TV shows we've had in this phase as well. Um, it's also the final phase in this, uh, in phase four. I mean, it's the final movie in this phase. We do have one more thing in Phase 4 to come, and that's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. The uh, Christmas special, the, yeah, the hour-long Christmas special uh, in two weeks. It comes out November 25th, and I will be reviewing that, so uh, keep that in mind. I'll be reviewing that, if not on the 25th, then on that Saturday, the 26th. So, um, But yeah, this uh, once again is directed by Ryan Coogler, who directed the previous movie. And the plot, oh yeah, and before I, well, I'm, I'm going to go briefly over what the plot is and then I'll go into detail. But yeah, real quick, uh, before I get into the review, as always, there, uh, I will be spoiling some, there will be spoilers about the movie in this episode. So if you have not seen the movie yet, which is highly likely considering it just came out, um, which just came out today, uh, then stop the episode, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to the episode. But if you, uh, don't care about spoilers and you still want to hear my thoughts on it and you're going to go see the movie, reg movie regardless, then by all means, please continue. Uh, so yes, uh, this movie basically, you know, kind of follows the, you know, well, it doesn't pick up right where the last movie left off, but it uh, pretty much, you know, because of, you know, tragic real-life events uh, regarding Chadwick Boseman, because well, if you don't know, which I, I feel like everyone knows at this point, but uh, if you don't know, in August of 2020, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away uh, due to colon cancer. He had been suffering in silence for four years of colon cancer while he was filming, uh, you know, while he was filming, uh, all the movies that he was in, you know, I, I, and not just, you know, he, yes, he was Black Panther, but he was also in a few other movies. Like, uh, he was in, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was one movie directed by the Russo brothers. It was like an action movie in like set in New York. Uh, and then he was in *The Five Bloods*, which was a Netflix movie about the Vietnam War. Uh, he was in *Ma Rainey's Black Bottom*, which was another um, Netflix movie. Uh, so I mean, he had quite a few movies under his belt, 
uh, and perhaps, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure they were good. Uh, I, I, I just haven't, you know, seen them yet, but, but, uh, you know, even if you don't know him by those movies, everyone knows him, knew him and knows him as, you know, King T'Challa, AKA Black Panther. Uh, and he was fantastic in that role. And it sucked that he died because, uh, like he, he was a good actor and he, you know, was a cool addition to the MCU, uh, for how few films he was in, like for how little, uh, for, for how little time he was actually in the MCU, he was a great addition to it. And when he died, everyone kind of felt this, you know, they they were like, oh shit, this is, it was so unexpected, you know, when it happened. And everyone was just like, okay, well, you know, this kind of left everyone wondering when he passed. They're like, uh, okay, what do we do now? Uh, you know, like, are we, it, you know, because they were, you know, they had talked about, oh, yeah, we're, we are making a Black Panther 2. But even if they hadn't greenlit a Black Panther 2 yet, people would still be questioning, like, okay, well, if if you guys are going to make a sequel, or if you're, if we're ever going to have the Wakandans, uh, in the MCU again, uh, what are we going to do about T'Challa? You know, are we going to recast Chadwick Boseman since he's dead? You know, are we going to recast him with another person? Are we going to ha- actually in universe in, you know, in the terms of, or in the universe of the MCU, are we actually going to kill T'Challa? Um, you know, and just have someone else take up the mantle of Black Panther or, or what are we going to do? You know? And, uh, and, you know, so that kind of, even before the movie came out, everyone was wondering how this was going to play out, how this was going to go out, how this was going to go down, how this was going to play out, you know? And, um, you know, and, uh, like, and, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, so, so from some, so from that moment, from going from that moment forward, you know, there was a lot of intrigue. Not, I mean, there was uh, already intrigue in the movie, but there was even more intrigue as to how this movie would uh, play out. Because, you know, it's like the respectful thing to do. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you could do either or. I was going to say either res- you could do the respectful thing. Either thing could be, you know, you could recast him with someone else that looks like him. Uh, or you could, you know, kill him off in-universe and have someone else take up the... Uh, the mantle of Black Panther. And, uh, they ultimately decided to go with the second option because, uh, I guess they just felt, you know, there was more tact and grace, you know, it was just, yeah, it was just more respectful to go about it that way. Um, and you know, I, I appreciate that, you know, I mean, I would have been fine. I don't know how many people would have been fine with them recasting the character of T'Challa, but, I would have been fine had they done that, but I do kind of think it's cool that they, I mean, it's not cool that he died, obviously, but I do think it's cool that they wrote that into the the plot, that it's like, oh, well, T'Challa's dead, and, and it's like, how is this going to affect the Wakandans, and how is this going to affect the MCU going forward, uh, and, you know, I thought, that, and, and obviously because they wrote that into the movie, this drive, you know, T'Challa's death drives the plot and it drives the characters, especially, uh, Shuri, uh, played by Letitia Wright. And, um, you know, it was just, it was cool to see, uh, how that drove, like I said, how that drove the plot of the movie. And, uh, well, okay. Yeah. Before I get into what the plot is about, cause I, I just realized I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Uh, I will. I, I would like to say that I love the uh, opening sequence where uh, we, we they don't say exactly what his illness is, but I guess you could assume it was maybe what uh, Chadwick had in real life, um, colon cancer. They just say it's an they they it's it's described as an undisclosed illness. Like they never fully explicitly say what exactly it is in universe, but I, I'd like to think. It uh, had something. I'd like to think it was what he had in real life, but who knows? But the movie starts off with Shuri in her lab trying desperately to save her brother. Uh, he's, you know, it, well, she's in the lab. He's in uh, 
the hospital. He's in their hospital. And Shuri, you know, finds out, you know, she's trying to, she's checking his heart rate and she's also trying to, you know, find a cure. You know, she's like trying to recreate the heart-shaped herb, which is, you know, what gives uh, whoever drinks it, you know, kind of the powers of the Black Panther, you know, the superhuman uh, strength and kind of endurance and uh, and that, you know, has that purple glow to it. Uh, but, you know, she can't recreate it and uh, her brother dies before uh, she's able to. So, And then they have the funeral for uh, T'Challa and... Uh, you know, and that, and that was very sweet and very beautiful and, uh, and sad. I didn't cry. I mean, not, not saying that, you know, it wasn't emotional or sad. I just, it, and not saying I wasn't invested, uh, in his death, uh, or, you know, what the characters were feeling in that moment. It's just, uh, sometimes it takes a lot for me to cry or for, to tear up. I did kind of tear up in the movie, but it was like later in the movie and uh, it was over something else that happens. But but this was still a sad, kind of beautiful, poetic uh, way to open the movie. And it was also cool to see when the, because, uh, you know, obviously you have the opening scene and then you have the, when the uh, Marvel Studios logo uh, pops up, you know. And what I thought was cool is that Instead of, you know, the big swelling, you know, the Marvel theme playing over the logo, they instead, it was just, instead it was just dead silent. It was silence. It was just quiet. And instead of the theme, or I mean, instead of the clips of like, you know, several different characters and scenes from other movies and shows within the MCU, it was instead scenes from, uh, or scenes with Black Panther in them, with T'Challa. So, like, you had, you know, clips from Civil War, which is when he was first introduced. And then you had clips from, uh, obviously, the first Black Panther, and then uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And I think that was it. I, I think he was only in those four movies, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, so, and, and I thought, and I, was, I thought, oh, that's really sweet. You know, I thought that was a nice, sweet uh, way to pay tribute to him by, you know, kind of temporarily replacing him, or by temporarily replacing the clips in the uh, logo, like in the opening, the Marvel Studios logo with clips uh, from him in some of the previous MCU movies, so. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so uh, to get, uh, now to go into what the plot of the movie is about, the basic plot so obviously, yeah, uh, the Wakandans and the leaders of Wakanda are fighting to protect their nation after, you know, uh, their king, after King T'Challa's death. And um, now, uh, before I get into the nitty gritty of the plot, uh, I will, I would like to say that I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Uh, it is the... Uh, best, in my opinion, it's the best um, movie in this, maybe not in this phase, but it's the best movie definitely of the three that we've gotten this year. And uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll kind of reiterate that at the end and go into a little bit more detail uh, and, and more in my, and give more of my thoughts at the end. But now I'm going to go into spoilers and, you know, more of what happens in the movie. So, uh, so basically, the uh, they end up going to war. There's a there's another uh, nation that is revealed in um, in the movie, and th it's really cool because they're kind of like the Atlanteans, but uh, they're not exactly the Atlanteans. Like they're the MCU's versions of the version of the Atlanteans, and they are technically the Atlanteans, but they go by a different name and they look different. And what I think is cool is that, you know, in the MC, in the Marvel comics, Atlantis is real, and you know they're led by Prince Namor, who is this uh, merman with uh, wings on his feet, and uh, they have all that in here, but instead of being called Atlantis, it's called Talokan. And it's inspired by, uh, like, Mayan culture. And I just thought that the backstory 
of Namor and his people were really cool. And Namor was a was a pretty badass villain. I thought he was uh I thought he was very intimidating and he was kind of an asshole, but he he was so much fun to watch and his performance was so captivating where I was just like hanging on to this guy's every word and I was like, "Oh shit, he he's a legitimate threat." <laughs> like he is this he like he like the first scene we see him in, he just infl- he just sneaks into Wakanda while Shuri and and uh, Ramonda, her mother, uh, are just like you know uh, sitting next to a fire, and like Ramonda's trying to get uh, her daughter to like burn their uh, funeral uh, clothes to kind of connect with T'Challa's spirit in the in the afterlife in the ancestral plane, and he just sneaks up through the water. Uh, and just starts like demanding shit from them. He's like, "Oh hey, yeah, I'm Namor," and <laughs> like, like Ramonda asks, "How the hell did you get in here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, so see, this is what I need from you guys. I'm Namor, and uh, I need you to do something for me." And it's just like his kind of arrogant ass asshole nature. You know, it's 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 funny to watch, and but it, you can you also get a sense. Like he's he's charismatic, but you also get a sense, like it's like yeah he's an asshole, uh, and it's clear that he means what he says. He means business, uh, and he does something later on in the movie, which I will say what happens, um, that was like oh shit yeah he does he is not he's not messing around, um, but yeah he he was he was great, and I liked uh his whole backstory with, uh, how he came to be and, uh, and how, like, cause you know, obviously you're probably wondering, it's like, okay, how are the Mayans, you know, why are there like a tribe of Mayan, uh, mermen, mermen and mermaids, you know, and, uh, and the way and the explanation and backstory they have for it is, is really cool. And, uh, and the design of, of them is really cool as well because, uh, Namor, was born, uh, well, basically, yeah, his mother and the tribe, uh, his tribe of people were, uh, drank this, uh, uh, serum that was kind of supposed to, uh, drank this serum that was kind of supposed to, uh, you know, better themselves, but it ended up making everyone sick. And, uh, they all died and they came back to life, but they became blue and they had to live underwater to, uh, survive. And he was the first baby born, uh, in the tribe, like, uh, among the new, uh, you know, he was, he was the first of his kind to be a mutant. Like he, and he led his people and, uh, you know, he had, and, and you know, the, from, the serum they drank, he got the, obviously the, the winged ankles, the the wings on his ankles. Uh, he got pointed ears and he got kind of superhuman strength. And, um, and, you know, and all of his people, uh, because he was kind of, you know, like I said, he was a mutant. He was able to, uh, live above what he was able to live above water without really the need for, you know, like any oxygen masks or any, you know, any, any way to like, like he could live above water and be okay. But like his people have to have water and, and, you know, they all wear these masks that kind of, you know, allow them to kind of breathe water and, um, you know, and they're all blue, which is kind of cool. Like when it went, and, and this is what I thought was cool when they're above water, they're blue. But every time we go underneath to Tolokan, uh, <laughs> whenever we go back to their uh, city, uh, and their nation, it's, um, they're, they're like, just, you know, have the light brown, uh, skin color that, you know, a Mayan would, uh, a Mayan would have, you know, or like Mayan Latino people kind of have, you know, and, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and also I thought it was cool too, uh, Namor's plan. I thought it was kind of neat because his plan is essentially, well, what happened is, you know, cause the, the backstory in Black Panther you know, how they got, uh, vibranium was that a meteor crash landed in Africa, you know, thousands of years ago and containing this metal called vibranium, you know, this rare 
very strong, powerful metal called vibranium. But uh, <laughs> they end up finding out through Namor, yeah, no, we got that shit too. And, uh, and, that, and you know, they've used vibranium to make weapons of their own and, and like jewelry and headgear and, and, you know, like wristbands, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, their own clothes and armor too, like weapons and armor. And, uh, and not only have they made, you know, not only have they made a lot of stuff out of vibranium already, but there's still vibranium out like in the Atlantic ocean and in other parts of the ocean. And, uh, when they find this out, uh, Ramonda, uh, is just like, well, this changes everything we knew about, uh, well, this kind of changes everything we knew about our history. You know, it's like, you know, and, and like, we thought we were the only people that had this shit, you know, and now we find out there's this, now we, yeah, we not only, you know, find out that there's this whole other nation that we never knew existed until now, but also that they, we also found out that they have vibranium as well. So we're, we, we have a pretty big legitimate threat on our hands here. Like, I mean, they can attack us at any time if they want to. And it also doesn't help that they're, you know, superhumans pretty much, you know, and they're led by a mutant <laughs> or as his people call him, I believe it was uh Ku Ku Khan, like he, and which is like supposed to, is like Mayan for, uh, uh, the feathered serpent God. So it's like. <laughs> Like back when they first attacked, uh, like in their back in in Namor's backstory, when he's a kid, because like he he outlives his mother because like I said he's a mutant. His mother wasn't, uh, so he is not immortal, but near immortal. Like he like he ages he ages more uh, more slowly than you know an average human. So like he he's still a kid by the time his mother dies, and he goes back to uh, the village where, uh, you know, where he, where his, him and his people used to live and they attack and kill the, uh, <laughs> and kill the, like, there's a, a church, uh, and there's a bunch of priests and, you know, uh, leaders in that village and they're torturing the surviving villagers and basically, yeah, they're whipping the shit out of them. They're, they're, uh, they have them, uh, they've enslaved them pretty much. And so they liberate the slaves and they kill the, 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 uh, the slave owners and the, and the priests and all that. And, um, you know, and, and that, and that was a, and that was a pretty cool scene to kind of show, you know, in his backstory. And it was just cool to see, um, cause I, what I like about the movie is the, I like the plot cause there are some interesting twists and turns it takes. Um, I mean, not too many, but like, it's, it's always, it's always it's one of those things where I was always wondering how this was going to unfold because I assumed that, you know, based on the trailer, I figured, okay, well, <clears throat> eventually the Wakandans and the Tolokans are going to uh battle it out. You know, they're they're going to uh go to war with each other, but I didn't know how that was going to go down. And I didn't know why uh the Tolokans you know, I'm like, okay, why are they attacking now and what do they want? And, you know, it's like, oh, okay, so they just want, they want, they, you know, they want all the vibranium they can get, and they want to make sure, uh, because uh, essentially, there's this character introduced, uh, Riri Williams, who, uh, she's going to get her own show called Ironheart, and, you know, they, they, which I thought was cool that they introduced her in here, because it's like, oh, okay, we get a little bit of her, her character before going into her show. Like they set her character up, you know, we get to know who she is a little bit before jumping right into her show whenever that premieres, which I'm assuming it, it'll probably premiere sometime next year. But, uh, you know, she, she was really cool. She was a nice addition to the cast and, uh, who played her? Let me see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, she, Dominic, D Dominique, Dominique Thorne, Dominic Thorne. Uh, she did a really good job. Uh, she was kind of, she was kind of the comedic relief of the movie. Like she had the most, uh, like kind of jokes of everyone in the, of the cast. Uh, cause for the most part, it's, it's a little more serious of a movie than you would think, especially with these last couple Marvel movies that we've gotten where, 
especially Thor Love and Thunder, which I mean, I I liked that movie a lot, but it was really jokey. Like it had a lot of jokes and, uh, and I didn't really think it messed with the tone of the movie, but a lot of people felt like that. And I, and I could see where they're coming from. Cause you know, like every time we had a serious moment, you know, it was followed by a joke. And I, I, I get that a lot of people, you know, were probably thinking they're like, okay, well this just kind of undercuts the, this just kind of undercuts the serious moment you just had when you throw in a quip or a joke, uh, like two seconds later, you know, but, but this movie, you know, uh, is a little bit more serious. And I do appreciate that because it's kind of like a return to form in a way, uh, from like the movies we've gotten in the previous three phases. So I, I'm like, oh, that's, I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was cool. And, um, you know, I thought that was, uh, yeah, I thought that was much appreciated and, um, something different than we've kind of gotten in this phase. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was really neat. And, um, what else? Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, basically, uh, their plan, uh, Namor wants to kill, uh, the character, uh, Dominique Thorne's character, Riri Williams, because she's this child prodigy. When I say child, she's 19, but yeah, she's this, uh, young adult teenage a prodigy who's very smart and she built uh what's funny is that he thinks that she built a vibranium detector <laughs> but she actually I like she built the parts for it but she didn't actually build the vibranium detector it was the CIA the government built it and so like when uh Okoye and uh Shuri go to confront her about it they're like did you build a vibranium detector like they go to her college in in Boston uh and uh she's like what the hell? No, I didn't build a vibranium detector. And, uh, so like, like the government kind of, you know, took her, you know, like, uh, converted her equipment without her permission, like, or like, you know, took her, uh, equipment and kind of made something out of it, you know, without her permission. And, uh, and so they end up recruiting her, uh, you know, because they're like, okay, well, we can't just let this Namor guy, we can't just let him kill, um, we can't just let him kill you. I mean, that, that'd be crazy. You know, we're not, we're not going to let that happen. And so, you know, they bring her to Wakanda and, uh, but he, he pretty much wants her, uh, dead because he believes she was responsible for building the vibranium detector. And, you know, he doesn't want anyone else finding the vibranium because he's like, Hey, look, I don't know if you know this, but it's in the Atlantic ocean. It's in the ocean. First of all, this is our turf. Okay. So we're not going to let anyone come in to our turf and steal our shit. You know, that we, this is ours fair and square, this vibranium. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, <laughs> to show they're not messing around, and, and I love this too. The first scene where we're introduced to the Tolokans and Prince Namor, well, we, we don't see Prince Namor like fully because it's, you know, kind of shrouded in darkness. But we, we see him floating above in the sky at the end of the scene. But one of the, the first scene we're introduced to the Tolokans is, um, uh, there's a, uh, a team of, I guess they're like CIA agents. I believe they're, uh, C CIA. Yeah. They're, they're CIA, they're CIA agents and they're on a, uh, they've got the vibranium detecting machine and they're on an expedition to get the vibranium. And what was crazy is that they managed to kill everyone <laughs> in the on the ship in like five minutes? Like they and like they use a because they're uh, mermaids and mermen, they're mer people, you know. So they they uh, have a siren song they sing to hypnotize, you know, a lot, most of the people on the boat to jump off into the water, uh, and whoever's not on the boat, you know, they they like jump up onto the boat and they climb up onto the boat and stab them with their spears and kill them. And, and the, uh, like the head, like the, the like, uh, a couple people that, and, and the, along with the head of the mission, uh, she's like, okay, we got to get the hell out of here. They try to leave and Namor like, like throws his, I think he, I think he like throws the spear through the helicopter. It, it's, uh, well, it, I forgot, I forgot if he threw the spear or, or what he did, but like he crashes the helicopter 
and then we just and the scene ends with him like we we just see uh, a shadowy figure which it's him uh floating in the sky above the ship like looking down at the helicopter and that was just a really cool uh that was just a really cool badass way to introduce this new group of people because i'm like that was a really good first impression of these people <laughs> like it's like to 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 introduce this new villain and this bigger you know this uh threatening nation like they they really did make that scene in a way kind of feel like a horror movie like the way it played out it was very serious the siren song they were singing was creepy as shit you know and and uh and they and they and you know and, and again because it was kind of in the dark not i mean not entirely in the dark you could still see what was going on but it was in sort of semi-darkness you know it's uh it was just cool to see uh because you didn't quite know what exactly they looked like and then being kind of in the dark helped make the scene even creepier because you know it's like okay well everyone's on this boat these guys can obviously swim and breathe water so these guys are screwed on everyone on the boat is screwed and like i said they kill everyone on that boat to make sure i mean you know obviously because they can't leave any witnesses because they don't want anyone to find out about their people their nation their kingdom and uh but also because they don't want anyone to steal their vibranium because they're like, Hey, this shit's ours, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. Uh, but it, yeah, it was, it, yeah, like I said, it kind of played out like a horror movie in a way. And I just loved the seriousness of that scene, it, you know, and it was just a great way to introduce this new, this villain and, and this new nation of people, you know, great. And I mean, it's cause technically his, the first scene he speaks is later when, it, like I said, when he introduces himself to, Ramonda and Shuri, uh, in Wakanda, but you know, like the, the first glimpse we get to see of him and his people is when they attack that ship and kill everyone. I'm like, Oh, that's badass. Uh, and kind of terrifying in a way, <laughs> like I was watching that scene and I'm like, Oh shit, this is kind of terrifying in a way. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. And, uh, but yeah, before I, I get more into the plot or before I go over more about the plot, uh, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll finish the plot. Okay. So, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff happens and I don't want to spoil everything or I'll try not to spoil everything, but Shuri goes to visit the Tolokan people while well, she's kidnapped, uh, when they're trying to recruit, when they're trying to bring Riri back to Wakanda, they're intercepted by the Tolokans, uh, and she gets taken back to, uh, Tolokan, uh, or she, yeah, she gets taken back to, uh, yeah, to Logan. And, you know, at first it seems like they're going to try to find, they're going to find a peaceful resolution to this, uh, to, to this war, or they're going to find, you know, they're going to find some way to not kill the scientist or, or they're going to, you know, they, uh, Shuri's going to try to, uh, think her way out of this and try to come up with a, a resolution that pleases Namor to where, you know, they won't have to, resort to killing, um, Riri. Cause you know, she's like, Hey, I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill her. That's crazy. And it seems like it's going to work, but because Ramonda doesn't quite, you know, know exactly what was going on, you know, cause she, she just, you know, cause she hasn't checked in with her daughter cause her daughter has been underwater. She sends, uh, Nakia, uh, played by Lupita Nuango. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering her name. I apologize. Uh, but she sends her down there to go, uh, kidnap, you know, rescue Shuri and Riri. Uh, and she ends up killing two of Namor's people. And this causes name, this gets Namor pissed. Him and his people go to Wakanda and they have this cool epic battle where they kind of flood part of Wakanda. And, uh, and, and the action in the movie is really cool too, especially in the scene where Namor is like flying around, uh, like, like they're trying to, they're, you know, the, the Wakandans, some of the Wakandans are in, uh, these, their ships and they're flying, trying to shoot him. And he's just like zigzagging through the air and you just see his wings like flapping at like Mach five. <laughs> and it's just, it's really cool. And I get some people might think the wings look a bit stupid. Uh, me personally, I thought they looked cool. Like I didn't think they detracted from his badassery. Like Namor was still a badass villain. His look was badass his dialogue was badass and he, 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 his fighting, his skills were badass. Like his, his, uh, his, uh, combat 
skills were badass. You know, like he, everything about him just exuded awesomeness, you know. Um, but yeah, and it, it kind of reminded me when he was flying, it kind of reminded me of like a hummingbird. Cause you know how, like how hummingbirds flap their wings, like so fast, it, you know, it's, it's like a blur kind of reminded me of that whenever he was like, fl- you know, flying and zig- zigzagging past the lasers, you know, uh, I was like, Oh shit, that's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, we get this really cool battle scene in Wakanda versus the, yeah, f- with the Wakandans versus the Tolokans. And it ends with uh, um, it ends with Namor uh, flooding the palace uh, or you know the throne room. Uh, Ramonda ends up saving her and Riri are in the throne room. Uh, he floods the throne room. Ramonda saves Riri, and they get there in time to revive her because they're they've both been underwater for a few minutes. But unfortunately. Ramonda doesn't make it and she dies. And this is the scene where I teared up because when this happened, I was like, ah, oh, shit. You know, like, it's like Letitia, Letitia Wright's acting in this scene and the whole movie really, but in, in this scene in particular was fantastic because I was like, ah, oh, damn, she really just lost everyone now. That sucks. Cause like she, cause after T'Challa's funeral, we skip forward in time by a year and she had, and when you think about it, it's like, yeah, she lost her father in 2016. So that's maybe been eight, six, eight years. I'm I'm not quite sure what year this takes place in. It's probably the early or mid-2020s. It's probably early to mid-20s at this point because of where we're currently at. The year we're currently in and, you know, they skipped a few years in Endgame and every movie hasn't exactly been every movie in this phase hasn't exactly been right you know taking place right after the other so this is probably the early 2020s if I had to guess but yeah so you know a few years ago uh Shuri just had her father killed at the UN um you know and then her brother died just in this movie (laughs) you know uh you know due to this illness and then her mother ends up drowning thanks to this guy who she was trying to befriend and trying to, you know, uh, get to see that, you know, Hey, we don't have to fight. We can come to a peaceful resolution with this, you know, and, you know, because, you know, and because that didn't work out. I mean, you know, like she, Ramon is dead. They have a funeral for her and, uh, Shuri, you know, ends up deciding like she, she ends up perfecting, which is cool. Like she kind of, buries herself in her work for a little bit. She, uh, I mean, not, you know, not for too long, but, you know, almost immediately after the funeral, she decides to bury herself into her work and she successfully recreates the heart-shaped herb, uh, in like a 3D printer. And, um, she, uh, she ends up going into the ancestral plane, trying to speak to her ancestors or trying to speak to Ramonda or T'Challa, you know, she ends up speaking to Killmonger, which I'm like, oh, shit. I thought that was kind of a cool little cameo for Michael B. Jordan from Killmonger. Uh, I liked seeing him. That was kind of neat. And, uh, you know, he was he's trying to convince her, oh, yeah, you're like me. And, and she's like, oh, I'm nothing like you. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you want vengeance against these people, right? I wanted vengeance against, the, uh, you know, my people for, you know, casting me and my, my father out, you know. Um, and, you know, she comes back. And she now has the strength and powers of the Black Panther. And she makes a suit, which the suit's pretty badass. Uh, it's a suit of her own. It's it's kind of like Black Panther suit, but it's got a lot more gold on it. And, you know, it's obviously a little thinner because, you know, Shuri has a different body type. She's a lot thinner than uh, <laughs> than uh, T'Ch- uh, T'Challa was. But, um, but, yeah, she looks badass in the suit. And, yeah, so... Now we finally get to, you know, it's like, okay, now we, you know, we've got finally gotten to who Black Panther is. And I had a feeling it was going to be Shuri, but I didn't quite know, you know, but, uh, so then, you know, they go to war with the Tolokans, uh, Riri makes herself a new Iron Man type suit. And what I like is that it wasn't just a carbon copy of, of, of a Tony Stark suit, you know, of, of a suit Tony would make it, uh, it looked like it it was obviously inspired by Tony's suits, but it was a suit all of her own. Like it looked like, uh, 
it, it looked like her own thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, and, and I actually liked the design of the suit. I thought that was neat. I thought it looked cool. Um, but yeah, they go to war with the Tolokans. They, they draw them out. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, go into the ocean, uh, on a ship of theirs. And, you know, they bring, they bring a few, um, uh, they bring, they bring a few of their flying ships, uh, well, not spaceships, but yeah, a few of their flying ships and they, you know, have a battle in the middle of the ocean. And, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the, everyone's, the, the Wakandans are fighting the Tolokans and then Shuri ends up in the middle of this ensuing chaos. She ends up trapping Namor in one of the ships and flies him to the desert or flies him, you know, to land so she can dry his ass out because he kind of gets his powers from the water and the, the water on his skin and he kind of absorbs into his skin. He's more powerful, you know, that way. So she dries his ass out on the ship and tries to, and, you know, uh, weakening him enough to, to the point where, you know, he's, you know, more to, to where he's easier to fight. And, and the fight between them was really cool. I really liked the kind of brutality of the fight. Um, I mean, it's not that gory or anything, but like, it is pretty brutal. Like the way they're just going, going into each other, you know? Uh, (laughs) and, um, she is about to kill him. She gets the upper hand on him. She's about to kill him. But she thinks back to what Killmonger said and, you know, thinking back to kind of what her family, you know, was like and, and what T'Challa was like. And she decides to instead, she's like, okay, if you yield to us, we'll be, you know, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll have a peace treaty. You know, we'll, you know, uh, you know, if you yield to us, um, we'll, we, we can, we'll have a, uh, you know, I'm going to offer you a peaceful alliance. I'll spare your life. If you and your people agree to, you know, we'll be allies if you call this war off now. And so they call the war off and, um, uh, he accepts and they fly back to the, you know, the ocean, the middle of the ocean where the battle's taking place. And, you know, they let everyone know, Hey, we've resolved this. We're no longer at war from now on. We're allies. And, um, uh, and what I thought was interesting is the, the way I, I liked what they did with wrapping up the movie because it, it wrapped up the movie, but it also kind of, you know, let you know, it kind of left, uh, some, uh, threads, some plot threads, uh, it kind of unraveled some plot threads and it kind of left, kind of left it a little bit open-ended and like left you wondering, oh, okay, so what's going to happen going forward? Uh, so I'm glad they didn't kill Namor because I, like I said, I liked his character. I thought he was a cool villain. And one thing about Marvel that I'm not saying that I, not that I hate, I just, that I would appreciate if they didn't do as much is, uh, killing their villains off in the movie they're introduced. Like Hela was a cool villain, but you know, she got, she killed, she, uh, got killed in Ragnarok. Uh, you know, um, well, uh, okay, Zemo's not dead. He's still a villain. Uh, Th- well, Thanos and Thanos got two movies in a way. I mean, even though he wasn't in a whole lot of Endgame, you could still technically say, yeah, he was the villain of that movie. He still got a good bit of screen time, uh, even though he had more screen time in Infinity War. But yeah, Thanos technically got two movies, but he's dead now. Um, but you know, I mean, most uh, most uh, of the uh, villains in the Marvel in the in the MCU only have one movie and then they're killed, you know? And, and I just think, oh, well, if you kept it, if a few of the villains were kept alive, it'd be kind of interesting to have them, you know, like keep them in the universe, keep them in the MCU and have them come back for future movies. Cause you know, you might could do something, you could probably do something more with them. Uh, and so I thought, so, you know, it's like, sure. He had every right to kill Namor because, you know, he came into, you know, and it was kind of just bad timing, really. But, you know, and I mean, uh, Nakia uh, came in, killed two of Namor's people because, you know, they thought, oh, well, Namor is torturing her, you know, we and, you know, this is 
unjust, you know, she's royalty, you know, we got to get her out of here. You can't, you know, you, you can't just kidnap my daughter, you know, she's the princess, you know. Uh, but you know, just when it seemed like they were, tr- they were almost getting to a peaceful resolution, you know, that happened. And then Namor came in and attacked Wakanda and killed her mother, uh, drowned her, you know? So, I mean, Shuri in a way had every right to, to kill him right there, but you know, I guess she kind of knew, understood that, oh yeah, this was kind of bad timing and the circumstances around this, you know, it just, it just was, yeah, like I said, it was just bad timing. Um, and this wouldn't have happened had Ramonda not sent Nakia down to get me and, you know, ended up killing those two, uh, those two Tolokan, uh, soldiers. So, so yeah, you know, it's just, it's like, ah, man, you know, (laughs) but she didn't kill him and I'm glad she didn't because like I said, Namor was cool and I'm interested to see what they do with him going forward. Is he going to be, is he still going to be a villain or is he going to eventually become an anti-hero or is he just, or is he going to become a hero eventually? Because, I mean, you know, it seems like, oh, well, yeah, they may not. I mean, not every villain turns into an antihero. But, you know, uh, there have been a lot of villains that have uh, become antiheroes in a way. Um, or have, you know, teamed up with the heroes momentarily for a little bit <clears throat> to kind of service their own needs as well. Like Zemo and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, who knows? Uh, I'm curious to see what they do, but the, the movie ends with, um, oh yeah, and I forgot to say, uh, Ross, uh, Everett Ross, who was in the first one, played by Martin Freeman, he was trying to, you know, uh, he, he was trying to help the Wakandans, and he ends up getting arrested because uh, a member of the CIA, who we've met before, um who's also Ross's ex-wife, which we found this out, and I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. That's cool. But uh, Valentina, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she ends up arresting him because, you know, he was secretly exchanging classified intelligence with the Wakandans. And, you know, he wasn't trying to do anything shady. He was just trying to protect the Wakandans because, you know, they saved his life in Black Panther. And, you know, he's like, hey, I owe my life to them, you know. But, uh, you know, Okoye, we see... um, we see her rescuing Ross, which I'm assuming he's going to, you know, because the, she got intercepted or the, the armored truck carrying him got intercepted before it arrived to whatever prison they were going to. So I'm assuming Ross is now just stuck in Wakanda. <laughs> I mean, I like that's a bad thing because, I mean, they have a nice setup there. You know, they've, they've got, you know, food and water, you know, technology, you know probably good health care, you know, <laughs> so like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everything's fine, you know, but I'm sure everything's going to be fine. But, uh, but yeah, you know, so, so I, I guess Ross will be there. So it'll be cool to see him again, uh, in the next movie or, or whenever we see him again. Um, Shuri and Riri, uh, part ways. They're like, Hey, it was nice to meet you, you know, and, uh, Shuri ends up replacing and fixing back, uh, fixing, uh, Riri's car that uh, when they were trying to leave earlier and got intercepted by the Tolokans, it it got kind of uh, messed up in the in the uh, in the ensuing battle, you know. So uh, Shuri rebuilds the car or repairs the car for her and says, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna ship it back to Boston." And she ends up leaving the suit there. Uh, she's like, "Okay, you're gonna have to leave the suit." Um, you know, just so just so no one is suspicious of you, you know, when you get back of what happened here, you know, um, and yeah, that, uh, that happens. M'Baku is, uh, it seems like he's going to become the king. It seems like Shuri may just stay Black Panther, may, may just be Black Panther and not rule. It seems like M'Baku might rule as king of Wakanda. Because, you know, when T'Challa was Black Panther before his father died, his he wasn't king. You know, he was still Black Panther, and his father was the king of Wakanda. So whoever is Black Panther doesn't necessarily have to be the king or queen of the of Wakanda. They could be their own separate uh, uh, figures, you know. So M'Baku might become the king, and Shuri might be Black Panther, is what I'm guessing. Because, you know, we see, it seems like, oh, they're going to have a, a, um, a royal ceremony like decreeing that oh yeah uh shuri is now 
uh, the queen of Wakanda, but then M'Baku shows up in her place and says, hey, I challenge Shuri to the throne. And we don't see Shuri show up, which, you know, I'm assuming he did that. I'm assuming Shuri and, M- and M'Baku worked this out where they're like, okay, well, obviously you're not going to show up, Shuri. I'm going to show up, you know, say, hey, let's let's fight for the throne. And then when you don't show up, it just, it'll automatically go to me unless someone challenges me for the throne. Uh, so I'm assuming they kind of had a talk beforehand and set this up to where M'Baku would, would, uh, get the throne, uh, which I think is kind of cool. Cause yeah, Shuri, obviously now that she's Black Panther and also not only is she Black Panther, but she also is, uh, but she's also, you know, a scientist. She, you know, she's busy working on the technology for her people. So, uh, you know, to, to improve her, her, uh, to improve her people, her people's lives. Uh, so she's like, she's probably thinking, yeah, it's the pressure of being a leader of the leader. You know, I, I could, uh, I could do without that. So I'll just let M'Baku do it. He seems like a good, he seems like a tough guy, but he is a fair guy. He's going to get the job done. He's going to do, he's going to be a good leader. So I thought that was kind of cool that she, that they seemed like kind of, they worked that out and he's going to be the leader. Um, I think I wrapped up everything. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So there's no end credit scene. So don't go into the movie, uh, expecting an end credit scene. You can stay if you want to, because I, uh, the songs playing throughout the you know, credits are pretty good, but there is a mid credit scene. There's no end, there's no post credit scene, but there is a mid credit scene. And I thought this was really cool. So Shuri ends up going back to Haiti to visit, uh, Nakia because she, before, uh, uh, she, or when they, when they recruited Nakia back to, you know, when Ramonda came to recruit Nakia to come back to Wakanda, she had been, we found out she had been living in Haiti for like the past six years. And, uh, Nakia, if you don't remember, yeah, she was kind of T'Challa's girlfriend in the first one. So she, uh, Shuri, you know, sitting on the beach, she, you know, is sitting next to a fire uh, she burns her funeral ceremonial robe like her mother wanted, which, you know, is kind of allowing her to finally grieve. And Nakia shows up with a little boy and she says, hey, uh, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but me and T'Challa had a son. This is <laughs> this is your nephew, uh, Toussaint. And then he's like, oh, yeah, but that's uh, and 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 Shuri's like, oh shit, wait, really? You know, like she's surprised and confused. She's like, oh, okay. And Nakia reveals, she's like, yeah, well, I, I've been raising him in secret because I didn't want him. uh, I wanted him, I didn't want him to feel pressure from the throne. I wanted him to kind I wanted to raise him, you know, in, in a stress-free environment, you know, away from Wakanda and the pressures of, of being king, you know, and, uh, Toussaint, you know, talks to her, for, you know, it's like introduces himself. He's like, Hey, how you doing? And he reveals to her that his Wakandan name is T'Challa. And, uh, and then that scene ends with them all smiling and like, Hey, you know, like bonding and, and, and that in that scene, and then, you know, it faded out and cut to the credits and I'm like, Oh, that was sweet. And, uh, and that was a really sweet moment. Um, uh, and that was a cool revelation too. Um, and I guess really, I mean, that is kind of like the big, oh shit moment, you know, in the, in the end or mid or post credit scenes where it's like, you know, something big is revealed. Uh, but instead of just, I guess, I mean, it was kind of introducing a random character. I mean, not really random, but it was introducing a new character, but it, it felt a little bit more personal than something like, uh, say, you know, the end of Eternals when, uh, uh, Harry Styles character shows up, you know, he's like, oh, I'm Thanos's brother. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, but this felt a little bit more natural. It felt a little bit more set up in a way. And it made more sense because, you know, like I said, Nakia and T'Challa had a romantic relationship in the previous movie. So, you know, it makes sense. It's like, oh, okay, well, they naturally, it's like, oh, well, they slept together. Nakia had a kid and he looks like he's about eight. So, I mean, I take it. Yeah. In the timeline of the MCU, it makes sense. It's like, oh, enough time's passed to where this this adds up, you know. Um, but yeah, so that was the movie. I guess I did kind of go over everything that happened. 
Uh, there, I mean, there's some smaller stuff that, that I didn't mention. I mean, I didn't go into everything, just the kind of the big plot points. I mean, you know, like the major stuff that happened. But uh, I will close by saying that I really enjoyed this movie. I thought the acting from everyone was good. Uh, Letitia Wright, you know, has a much bigger role to play than she did in the first one. Not saying she wasn't a main character in that one, but she has a, a bigger role to play because now that Chadwick's dead, she kind of, you know, is given more to do, you know. And, uh, and I thought that it was cool to see her, you know, trying to, uh, try, trying to coincide, not coincide, but trying to, um, figure out, uh, get in touch with her spiritual side, her religious side and, and her, uh, scientific side. Cause you know, cause she's, she puts science first and she's always burying herself in science. And, you know, and that was kind of the, throughout the movie, her mother was trying to get her to grieve and, and, you know, and, you know, kind of get in touch with, touch with her religious side. And Shuri just kind of thought, oh, this is stupid. This is a waste of time. I'm not going to connect to our ancestors in the ancestral plane, you know. And then, you know, at the end, when she burns the ceremonial robes, she kind of does it in a way. Or, you know, and, and when she takes the heart-shaped herb, she does go to the ancestral plane. But yeah, she she does finally allow herself to grieve and kind of get in touch with her religious side at the end. And I'm like, oh, that's that's cool, you know. Um and also, again, kind of getting in touch to her religious side when she takes the herb, because she actually does end up going to the ancestral plane, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, I thought her being Black Panther, I thought, okay, that's a cool, you know, that makes sense. That's a cool way to go with it. Um, her suit was cool, you know. Uh, acting from her was great, from Letitia. Uh, Lupita Nuango as Nakia, she was great. Uh, I'm glad they, they brought her back in. Uh also, I just want to say she's gorgeous, uh, and, 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 and they gave her a lot more to do than in the first one, so I appreciated that. Uh, they brought her in, I feel like, earlier than they did in the first one, uh, and they, they did give her more to do, and, and yeah, yeah and, I, and I thought that was neat. Uh, but yeah, Lapita is gorgeous. Uh, I just wanted to say that. Uh, I love her hair, uh, and I... And I loved the suit she was wearing. She just looked so badass in it and so beautiful. I was like, damn, she's gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way before I moved on. But yeah, she she's beautiful and badass. A beautiful, badass character. And um, and uh, I just, yeah, she, she was great. Denai Guerrera as Okoye, she's always great. Because she's, she's kind of this hardened, you know, tough general. But... She, you know, she does have these moments where she does get emotional and she does, you know, kind of break down and she's fantastic in those scenes as well. Um, Winston Duke is M'Baku. He's great. He has a little bit more to do. Uh, not as much, but you know, I mean, he is kind of a main character. Uh, let's see. Dominique Thorne, new character, Riri Williams. She's great. And I'm looking forward to seeing her in her show, Ironheart. And I thought it was cool that they kind of introduced her in one of the movies before bringing her into her, giving her own show, you know, that way kind of leading up to her show, we kind of know a little bit about her already. So, um, uh, to know, I'm probably butchering this, uh, to know Huerta Mejia. Uh, he's a Mexican actor. Yeah, he's Mexican. He, uh, plays, uh, Namor. And I thought he did a fantastic job. And, um, yeah, he, he was a great villain. I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with him in the future. Um, Martin Freeman, uh, he doesn't have too big of a role, but again, you know, uh, he, he has enough, he has just enough to do. He, he was great as Everett Ross once again. Um, uh, I thought it was cool seeing Julia Louis-Dreyfus again because, uh, her character Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, uh, <laughs> She was introduced in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and uh, she then showed up in Black Widow, and we haven't seen her since, but I thought it was cool that they brought her back. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, kind of tying that with, you know, bringing her character, tying that with, um, with, uh, with those, with the, that show and that movie. Um, and also, I thought it was interesting that they, she used to be 
married to Ross. I didn't expect that. I thought that was kind of an interesting little character development there. Um, yeah, and oh, and Angela Bassett did fantastic as Ramonda. It sucks she died, but you know it does kind of. Uh, but she, but you know, for the screen time she had, which she had a good bit of screen time, she, um, she, uh, acted. She was wonderful. She was great in it. Uh, but yeah, everyone was great in the movie. Uh, oh, and it was cool to see I, that little cameo from Michael B. Jordan as uh, Killmonger. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool to see him come back. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so. The acting from everyone was great. Visually, it was very stunning and beautiful, especially, I mean, not only Wakanda, because Wakanda always looks beautiful, but uh, seeing Tolokan, because, you know, this is a new world we're being introduced to, or a new nation, a new place, a new civilization. It looked uh, stunning, you know, and I thought it was cool because it was underwater. Like, you know, every time we go to an underwater civilization, it's always lit up, but I like how it's like, it's, it's dark. I like that. It's dark. Cause when we go down there, it's, I mean, it's not pitch black, but like it's darker, uh, especially depending on how far down they go, like further down they go, it gets darker, but like, yeah, obviously the further you down the ocean, you, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, the further down in the ocean you go, the darker it gets, you know, I mean, it's not going to stay brightly lit, you know? Uh, so I appreciate that it wasn't just fully brightly lit up. I like that. It was actually kind of darker, uh, it, it felt a little bit more grounded in a way, I guess. And it felt a little bit more, I don't know. It had, it felt, it felt a little bit more serious, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. If it, 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 a little bit more grounded, a little bit more serious. Um, and it looked cooler, you know, I mean, like it kind of looked cool to have this like underwater civilization kind of in the dark, but it, it, it like I said, it wasn't in, shrouded in complete darkness, you know? Um, yeah, but they, they looked cool. Th- their armor, you know, the Tolokan's armor, the weapons, the, you know, the way they looked, their blue, you know, the blue skin, the oxygen, the water oxygen masks, you know, the spears, that was cool. Um, yeah, visually it looked great. Uh, it was, uh, emotional, you know, and it was, uh, serious. Uh, there were a few jokes sprinkled in, but I appreciate that it was a little bit more serious than, like I said, the last two movies we got in the, uh, this year from Marvel. And, um, it was it more in the same, it was more in the vein of Moon Knight, where Moon Knight was for the most part serious. I mean, there were some funny moments in it, but it was the more serious show of the shows we've gotten this year in the MCU. And this movie is the most serious movie that we've gotten of the three movies this year from the MCU. So comparing it to Moon Knight, yeah, I mean, that's my comparison to Moon Knight with it is that it's the most serious of the movies, whereas Moon Knight was the most serious of the shows we've gotten. Um, so yeah, I appreciated that. Uh, I think this was a great film to end the phase on. I mean, technically the phase, we still, like I said, we still have the guardians of the galaxy holiday special. Uh, that'll technically be the final thing we get of this phase. But as far as the movies go, this was a great final movie for this phase. Um, and you know, if this is anything to go by, I, I'm only expecting great things from, um, or I'm, I'm expecting great things from Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Quantumania because the trailer for that came out like a month ago. I watched it and I'm like, this is fantastic or this looks great. Visually, it's very stunning. You know, it's cool to see Jonathan Majors back as Kane because, you know, he was first introduced in the season finale of Loki and that was a year ago or over a year ago, like a year and a half ago. And, you know, I've, I've been dying to know what happens with that. Uh, you know, it's, it'll be cool to see Scott and Hope again. Uh, it'll be cool to see Cassie grown up Oh, now I'm just going, now I'm just talking, I went into a tangent about Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that movie looks great, that'll be a great start to Phase 5 uh, in February, I can't wait to see uh, that movie and how that all plays out, but uh, but yeah, this was a great movie, uh, probably I'd give it an 8 out of 10, yeah, I'd, I'd give it an 8 out of 10, um, definitely, I or maybe an 8.1, I don't know, I liked it a little better, I will say this, in terms of sequels, I thought this was better than the first one. I liked the first one, and I'm not saying it's exactly like The Lion King, but it was in a way like similar to a live-action Lion King, you know, because you have uh, uh, a relative of the family coming in to take the throne away from the son of the king who recently passed away. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's the exact same story, but it's similar in 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 that aspect. Like when you look at it from that point of view, like the basic kind of plot, it's like, yeah, it's kind of similar to, <laughs> to the Lion King. Um, but it, you know, but this, you know, again, 
added more depth to the characters, you know, added uh, some cool new characters, the conflict between the, the new nation, you know, that they brought in, the new, the new uh, kingdom was cool. And the fact that they didn't kill him, I'm like, okay, it'll be cool to see what they do with that. Uh, yeah, it's just, it did everything a sequel should do. And, you know, which is try to be as good as the original, if not better. And in my opinion, they succeeded in making this one better than the original. So, um, but yeah, I, I guess that's pretty much it. I uh, just, I've gone over a little bit over an hour. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, that's all my thoughts on the movie. Pretty much wraps it up. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode, or by the time most of you will be listening to this, it'll be, technically it is tomorrow, because it is Saturday, it's like 4.41 <laughs> as I'm wrapping this up, so it's it's pretty much Saturday morning, it's just early in Saturday morning, but by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be sometime later today, technically, so uh, I will be posting another review later sometime today, probably tonight, uh, on the uh, latest Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, Aqua Teen Forever Plantasm, uh, which I haven't watched yet. I'm going to watch that later today or sometime tonight, and then I'll post, and I'll definitely post the review of this earlier tonight. I won't do it at like four in the morning. <laughs> so uh, it'll definitely be earlier when I post the next episode. But yeah, so uh, be on the lookout or, you know, uh, you know, uh, keep your eye on that uh, some should probably, I'll probably end up, uh, posting it around seven or eight, maybe. So, uh, maybe nine, but yeah, no later than like nine. So, uh, but yeah, that'll be out later tonight. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, tonight slash today's episode and I will see you all again tonight for, uh, my review of Aqua Teen Forever Plantasm. So until then, take care.